You are listening to Next Level Conversations Podcast, where I am here to teach you high-level directors, you high-level executives, and high-performer women how to take that internal dialogue that keeps slowing you down to the next level, how to create strategies much faster so that we can get to your bottom line, how to take all your objectives to the finish line so that we can stop repeating the nonsense. Yep, I said it, us. You're already motivated. It's time to get up and get into it. Let's get to implementation. Get into your community, get into your life. There are no more excuses and we are here. Yep, we are talking about the things that no one wants to talk about. We're having hard conversations in order to get to the next level. Yep, I said it, we are looking at ourselves. We're gonna start with us in order to transform our bottom lines. So let's get into it. So today we're here talking about a very important topic nationwide. We just happen to be here in Arizona. However, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, starting off as a family support worker uh, in San Diego County, uh, working with a lot of youth and families, I began to understand the importance of uh, softening this concept of mental health because I realized that on all levels, there is a mental health, but in our world, in our society, we've put a stigma or almost a stereotype on this word mental health. And one of the goals that we have at Next Level Vitality is to soften this idea and help everyone to realize, uh, hey, we all have to do a mental health check-in. And this is in all areas of our lives myself included. So we're here today talking about uh, the state of mental health, the concepts of it here in Arizona. Um, I'm here today with Lillian Espinoza, over 30 plus years of experience. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and uh, I have the pleasure of working on several projects with Lillian. We actually uh, work on a current project that we're building here in Arizona to bring into health services uh, to the norm, making it normal as opposed to something that is a concept far off. And I think we've done a really great job over the last three years and we're working on something uh, now that's going to serve the capacity in different areas that we see the need in here in our community. So we're just going to open up the conversation right now and talk a little bit about what have you seen over the last 30 plus years is a long time to be serving in this mental health field here in Arizona. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've experienced, uh, some of your experience uh, when it comes to mental health. Well, hi, Tia, and thank you for allowing me to be here today. Um, as you said, I've had 30 years of experience. Uh, I had, was fortunate enough to be able to work with the realm of mental health here in Arizona. I started in school social work, uh, working with at-risk youth uh, in southern Arizona, uh, then had the opportunity to move to uh, what we call behavioral health, working with individuals with long-term illnesses, such as uh, dementia, traumatic brain injury. Then luck took me into corrections. 
And uh, lots of people believe that individuals who are incarcerated really just need to be incarcerated. What I found is mental health really is the reason why many mm. people are incarcerated, why many people are using drugs and alcohol. And that moved me into what I'm doing now, working at Next Level Vitality, doing substance use. Um, people believe there's addiction. Mm. Uh, there's a reason for addiction. And as you'll find, and what I believe in, it's all related to uh, our our history, mm. our traumas, uh, what's gone on in our life. And so having the realm of experience has really um, helped me identify many of the things that have been going on in this in Arizona. You know, you said something so key to me in this discussion today, life. Mm -hmm. I just, everything you said, I just keep hearing that life. You know, mental health to me is life. Mm -hmm. And I believe we have, as a society, sometimes separated the two. And that's why it seems so foreign to people. And before you know it, you're knee deep into an addiction. You're mm -hmm. knee deep into trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, and then that's when the discussion of mental health comes up versus it coming up as a part of our life. You know, we all have had transitions in life, some of it trauma, some of it not. Um, <clears throat> how we've responded to the different things that have happened to us that we didn't have control over. Yeah. You know, uh, I too work with youth and then corrections. And through that process, I remember thinking, well, shoot, all of us have gone through these types of things in some fashion, maybe mm -hmm. some more traumatic than others. Right. However, it definitely definitely leaves a stain on our mental capacity. And sometimes I think that uh, the capacity, our mental capacity, is what we don't talk about often. It's, you know, the capacity for each of us as individuals to maintain our mental health status at a certain level when we have life coming at us from all different directions. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, the first thing we do when we have a child is we take them to the doctor for a physical checkup. The mm. physical body is all about who we are physically, but we never start to think or imagine that the idea of mental health is important until something is not working right. Shouldn't mental health be exactly like physical health as emotional health? It needs to be addressed from the very beginning so that we can start working from, you know, stage one and not have to be working backwards. We're able to identify what's going on for the child right in the very beginning. That's so interesting. Another thing you made me think of just now was how many adults we see. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the bottom of what the pain point is, oftentimes it brings you back to that 16-year-old and that person. Yeah. It brings you back into that 13-year-old and that person. And I never thought about it as working kind of backwards to move forward, but that's exactly what's going on. It's that uh, we have allowed things to happen over time, over time, and things happen we don't have control. And then you look up in 40s, 50s, and 60s, and you find yourself in a mental breakdown, and it stems all the way back from something from 13 years old. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I have, in, in the past, in my years of, of working with individuals, I've encountered people who weren't able to walk, weren't able to do things. Mm. And once they actually 
went through the process of understanding their emotional, mental health, they were able to start to identify those hindrances that were keeping them from physically doing the things they needed to do. This is what we see with agoraphobia, with anxiety, with all of these um, situations Uh where individuals don't want to leave the house or socialize. And we find that really it's about their mental health. And it's not about that it's a bad thing. It's about just understanding where they are and what they need so that they can start to move forward in their life. Yeah, it reminds me of a topic that we do in our youth programs that I used to run. We used to talk about uh, emotional literacy. Mm -hmm. And we would say how in the school systems and in our systems uh, here, you have a history as a literacy, math as a literacy, geography as a literacy. And there's no life skills literacy. Right. You know, there's nothing there from a younger age to say, how do I deal with the letdowns of life, the divorces, the the parent who has an addiction? How do I deal with us having to move several times or watching mom go through a domestic violence situation? And these are things that happen on all social economic levels. Absolutely. And yet we have not began to instill this life skill, this emotional literacy. How do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like sometimes that's what we're doing in our groups and things that we're um, doing life skills again. We're, yes. we're introducing again a life skill that we either got a touch of in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, or not. But sometimes I feel like we spend the bulk of our time building up that life skill again. And how do I, you know, deal with, okay, here's where my life is. Yes, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. And not beat myself up about it and have that skill to turn that mess into a comeback in life. Right, right. And <laughs> one of the other parts of this is you're talking, what I'm hearing is it's also generational. Huh. So we raise our kids, we're not teaching them about that emotional, mental health, those life skills, and they're raising children who don't have life skills. And so it becomes generational. And what we need to do for Arizona is to start to look at how do we start to incorporate mental health from the early age and not put it in a situation Mm. where or categorize it as something that means it's wrong. Yes. And I feel like that's what many states have done. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like uh, many states and, and, and also Arizona, we've all, all the different states when I've traveled, I've seen this where mental health becomes um, something that you address once you're in the system, something that you address once there's a breakdown in the family. Yeah. So we need to, as a whole... What I hear us saying is like, as a whole in the United States, mm-hmm. we need to change the trajectory of the direction that mental health is going and say, hey, let's not make it a thing that happens once you're in trouble. Let's flip this and say, let's do some preventative work. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what I hear Arizona working on when they say one of the solutions they've been saying is let's get into integrative health mm-hmm. so that when families show up and people show up for services, they don't have to go here for this, here for that, over here for that, because the actual traveling to do all that and the coordinating to do all that never happens. Right. So if we can come together to figure out of a program where we go, hey, I get to step into this beautiful place, work on this over here, and while Mm -hmm. I'm here, 
Oh, yeah. What about my nutrition? And while I'm here, oh, yeah. How does that play into how I'm eating affect my brain? You Mm -hmm. know, so these are the types of topics that need to be breathed into more, I believe. And, and you know, we're going to begin to push for that here in Arizona, um, having conversations with decision makers here so that we can say, how do we change the way uh, this topic is showing up in our community? If we just start right here in Arizona, we can be that for other states to look to. Right, right. You know? Yeah. There's so many clinics. I'm just going to go with clinics. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many clinics that say, okay, if you're drinking, you can't come in. If you use drugs, you can't come in. Uh, If um, you're overeating, well, you no longer fit the program. The idea is we have to continue to look at harm reduction in all facets, just like you Mm. said, in integrative health. How do you incorporate the whole body, the whole spirit of who a person is and help them heal within themselves in a way that feels comfortable for them? This isn't about punishment. It isn't about Mm. uh, saying you're not as good as everybody else. It's just saying you're an individual person and what you don't like, you get to work on. Hmm. Simple as that. Exactly. And I love how you put that because I believe there's a a group of uh, people, when you look at the demographics here, Mm -hmm. that are not accessing some of these uh, resources right here because in our brains we feel like oh only homeless people go there yeah. or only uh, people that are in trouble with the courts go there yeah. or that's for them but not for us right and we have to begin to bridge that gap and that's the reason why at Next Level Vitality we say hey we step into the lives of people uh, the expert team wraps around them and says, okay, how do we individualize a plan for this person? Uh-huh. You know, how do we individualize a plan to help them move from this level to the next level? And whatever that level is for them, like you said, they get a chance to look at, hey, this is out of place. Mm-hmm. And then get a chance to make a choice. I want to fix that. I want to work on that. Let's create a plan to work on that. Right. You know, and I believe that's what we need to spend more time letting people know. Earlier today in a strategic planning meeting, uh, someone was here and and he himself was saying, hey, you know what? My family needs this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know about it. You know, I'm living way up in Mesa and this is down here. I need this, you know, and. Right. And he was really into it to the point where he goes, hey, you know, what's the number one thing that you see when people ask you, what do you do? What do you find yourself having to explain all the time? Mm-hmm. And it's exactly this conversation we're having right here. Uh, what I find that I always have to explain to people is to say, hey, we can just take the word mental health out of there. Let's just say yeah. life. Let's just say, hey, um, this is out of place in my life. It's mm-hmm. been out of place for years. Right. It's not working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And how can you help me fix that? How can you help me rehabilitate that or move that forward in my life? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's a simple conversation as that. Exactly. And you're you're right on that. Uh, there's so many words out there. There's life coaches. There's, yes. um, you know, job coaches. There are all, all of this. The part about it is we all need assistance in learning how to understand the pieces that we don't like about ourselves. That's, that's all mental health is when it comes down to it. If, if I'm explaining this right, what I'm trying to say is that it shouldn't be a bad thing. It shouldn't yes. be 
it shouldn't be ostracized saying that you're going to see someone. It should be something as simple as I'm going to go have a cup of coffee and talk with someone because that's essentially what it is. We are going, we're using the space to learn how to share those pieces of us that, um, that sometimes we can't share with other people. And sometimes mm-hmm. that in itself is helping our own mental health. Mm-hmm. You, you're making me realize today that we need to uh, maybe look at the decision makers here and and have a round table mm-hmm. in a in a safe, loving environment. Not mm-hmm. to talk about what's not happening, but let's talk about the things that we can make happen. You know, yeah. uh, in some let's. Send, put some of the money towards education here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just listening to us talk today makes me realize that we need to reallocate some of the funds that are sitting here. <laughs> Instead of putting the funds towards uh, being reactive or punitive, let's yeah. put the funds towards education. Let's mm-hmm. put a, a educational campaign together and, mm-hmm. and, and go to the different communities of Arizona and say, hey, it's a conversation. We're talking about it over coffee, people. We might right. start a campaign doing that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we might have to have a discussion about that, yeah. Arizona. I, I tell you, many years ago, I worked with Hispanic women mm-hmm. uh, who uh, had children who were sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get them to come in because that yes. means admitting that their child was abused. So I had a coffee club. Mm. They'd come in for coffee and we'd sit and talk. It wasn't about their kids, or maybe it wasn't, but mm. it helped them start to understand some of the things that they needed to understand about their their family life, their family dynamics, and what it is that they needed to do. You, you're right. Coffee club. Excellent way of doing this. There are so many ways that we can be out there instead of creating these little spaces where you have to come see me every week at this time and, you know, it's the therapy session or whatever. Um, It can be as simple as, you know, coming and meeting a friend. Yes. Yeah. If we had um, some even uh, decision makers here today or uh, some people that were over budgets here today as it pertains to mental health, what do you what would you say to them? Like if we had a blank check Mm -hmm. and they said, hey, here's a blank check. Let's educate our communities. Let's make a difference so that the rest of the states look to Arizona as, hey, we've implemented integrated health. We've made it common. We've made it a way of life versus it being a way of our system. Mm-hmm. You know, what What would you say to them today if we had a blank check? You know, if there was something that we could create, what would that look like? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, the first part is prevention. Yeah. Prevention is the very first piece. In order to start that's prevention, that's about hitting rural communities, that's about hitting families, that's about uh, uh, reaching schools, It's about starting to have that conversation saying that people can start to recognize what it is that mental health is in the sense of, well, I'm going to take that back, not mental health, integrative health. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about integrative health, 
we're talking about the physical, the emotional, the mental, how all that incorporates within a family system. You know, we all talk about how families first, right? Families, yeah. families, families. So let's start with the family. Let's start to say what's mm. going on in your family and does it mean it's bad or good? No, it just means it's your family and you get to identify it. And, um, boy, I have That's so many good. things swirling in my head here because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, gun violence, right? Kids and all of that. And, and nobody will speak up against the bully. Nobody will speak up for fear that they're going to get hurt. Nobody will speak up for any of these. This is part of that prevention yeah. about the idea that, you know, in a sense, you know, people say it takes a village. I, you know, it does. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I would have gotten in trouble if it hadn't been for my neighbor walking by saying, you better behave, Lil, I'm watching you. I'm going to go tell your mom or I'm going to go tell your dad, right? Because in that sin system, we identify that people care. And I think with the way our economy has gone and how we've been able to move from state to state, we become more mobile that we've lost that intimacy of what that family is. Family yeah. is not mom and dad or whoever's raising us. Family is your community. I think it sounds like we're onto something here, Lil. Sounds like we need to have another conversation <laughs> with the powers that be here in Arizona. I'm all about prevention, all about prevention so that we can make some stuff happen and work both ends of this at one time. Thank you for being here. Next Level Conversations where we have difficult conversations that most people don't want to discuss in order to move forward in our society and in our communities. Looking forward to another conversation. This is a pause and not a period to this story. This will continue to unveil. All right, all right. You've been listening to Next Level Conversations podcast, where we have had the difficult conversations that no one wants to have. We talk about the things that most people don't want to talk about, and we say the things that most people won't say in order to get things done that most people won't get done. It's time to get up, wake up, get out, and make some stuff happen.